0: of translucent pepto-bismol pink dots i was blinking so much at her she asked are you developing eyelash Tourette's or what then the dotto vision got all fuzzy and stopped sadly eyelash Tourette's was not to be the diagnosis or the livignosis weird crap began popping in out and around people in my field of vision every day for weeks I was terrified to tell my mother, who had a tendency to become hysterique about anything and everything, so I kept my mouth shut. I was tripping. Tripping. Although I knew there had to be a logical explanation for what was happening, I probably wasn't going to discover it in my crappy high school's version of AP Chem, which wasn't actually a class at my school, but, drumroll please, a college-level course at the fabulously craptastic local community college! in fabulously craptastic New Glenn, Illinois! Having sailed through high school with a 4.1 GPA, I finished junior year as a senior. The faculty decided my time was better spent off-campus in college-level classes than repeating classes I'd already straight aced. I'd be spending most of what would have been my last year in high school as an exotic export, a New Glenn High School senior dominating the academic scene at NGCC, otherwise known as No Good Criminal College. By the way, there is no one less popular than a high school kid in a college class crammed with college-aged underachievers. I was an interloper doing something my classmates had never dreamed of, graduating early. It was the only thing I'd ever done early. I'd developed late, shot up late, and shot out late. Cheryl and I were the last girls in high school to have chests that weren't concave— we were never the cutest girls, or the hottest girls, or the most popular girls, the weirdest girls, or the most annoying girls. You'd have to matter to someone, somewhere, to be any of those things. And we didn't matter. To anyone, anywhere. Not when we met at New Glen Elementary, not at New Glen Middle School, and not at New Glen High. We were pretty much invisible. In private, Cheryl was a drama queen, constantly battling the non-existent five pounds she had to lose or complaining about her bad skin that was perfectly clear. She did it to combat her biggest fear, which she vocalized regularly. We are becoming Snore Pie with yawn sauce, Beth. Come on, let's do something spontaneous and unforgettable. Which usually involved the exciting rush of mainlining coffee at the local mall. Cheryl's hobby was the cool kids'. She pined for invitations to their parties, shopped where they shopped, knew where they hung out and where they worked. She studied them like they were constellations in a telescope. She understood what they were and how they behaved and could forecast their movements better than an astronomer. The difference between me and Cheryl was simple. She wanted to be a part of their solar system. I wanted to get the hell out of that universe and into university. There was, however, one particular planet that Cheryl revolved around. Ryan McAllister. Ryan Mack was the younger half of the lethally gorgeous, perpetually delinquent Mack brothers. Stunning and troubled, athletic and not so bright, Ryan and his older brother, Richie McAllister, were legends around New Glen. They had dreamy hair, dreamy eyes, and the kind of sad family story that let them get away with anything. I didn't know the details, but Sheryl swore their father had abandoned the family under some kind of mob death threat involving guns and gambling debt. Their mother was in and out of rehab, and the boys were given the kind of free pass that is handed out to heart-stopping hotties with tragic life stories. And how Ryan worked it. Ryan McAllister was the sworn nemesis of promise rings anywhere in a hundred-mile radius. Reputed to have deflowered bouquets of virgins, Ryan was legend. Arrested at 14, illegally driving an old motorcycle at 15, all-state in soccer and basketball by 16, Ryan Mack was drunk with power by 17. By his senior year, Ryan had plucked more local buds than the horticulture industry. This naughty fact was how Ryan McAllister got his very naughty nickname, The Hymenator. His conquests were legendary and were usually followed by the unfortunate and very public dangling of an unwrapped condom on the victim's locker. Needless to say, Cheryl would have willingly offered her rose to him without hesitation. I'm feeling thorny, was her whispered giggle every time we'd cross Ryan's path. Hey, Charlene. Ryan always got Cheryl's name wrong, and this didn't deter her. A rose by any other name would still smell as sweet, I squeaked out, trying to protect her fragile ego. He knows I exist. I'm making progress. She was so gleeful about it.